Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Well, good evening, church. It's, it's an absolute honor to be up here again tonight um, to, bring, to bring the Word of God to you guys. But before I begin, I'd firstly like to um, uh, show honor where honor is due to our senior pastors, Pastors Paul and Kate who you may see are not here tonight. Um, Pastor Kate is away for family reasons, but Pastor Paul is up in far north Queensland in a little town called Innisfail at Harvest Church there. And he's um, back in his old stomping grounds and um, was able to preach the word there this morning. And hey, we have amazing senior pastors here at um, City Edge Church. Hey, We are so blessed, you know. We got leaders that can lead nations. We do. Pastor Paul and Kate are incredible, and they're, and they're our pastors. Like, we are just so blessed. So right now, I just want to give them a round of applause and show them honor, even though they're not here. So we thank them so much. We love them. They're the best. But, but before I begin tonight, uh, let us pray. Open up in prayer and, and um, call the Holy Spirit here in this word. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, right now, God, for the word you've given me, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, Lord, that you'll speak through me tonight be speaking to the heart of every person here, God. You know where we're all at, God, and I pray you'll speak to us into our situations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, tonight I had the privilege of launching our new series called Carriers. This is a series all about evangelism, which is really about spreading the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, right? And His love for all humanity, whether it's through word or whether it's even through action as well. And before Jesus ascends uh, into heaven, he leaves his followers with one last command. It's called the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20. And he says this, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And see, for someone with my type of, uh, let's say, sanguine personality, going and telling people about Jesus seems so exciting. It's just I'm like, whoa, I get to talk. Yes, thank you, God. But you may be someone opposite here tonight. You might be thinking, uh, why? Like, talking? Yuck. I mean, I, I mean I'd rather watch SBS. Like, come on, man. Like, honestly, like, but, but the reason for this, right, is not just that I like talking, but that I have a passion for Jesus and His gospel. It's my greatest passion in my heart. And I want to take that and share it with the world. But if you know me well enough, you know that I do love to talk, right? You do know that I love to have a conversation with anyone. I can only bring up, talk to anyone and find something in common with them. Especially, I have my tail wagging when we start talking about either faith, family, or uh, faith, sorry, sport, and families, but, and, um, and politics as well. So if you love any of those things, you may come and have a convo with me after service. We may not agree on everything, but hey, I'm keen for the conversation. But Praise God, right? Living out the Great Commission isn't just about telling the world about Jesus, but it's also showing the world as well through your actions. And to be honest, church, sometimes you're the only Bible that people in your life will ever read. You, you in your workplace, you in your school, your university, you might be the only Bible that someone will ever read. So it's up to us to reflect Christ, right, in our homes, our schools, our universities, and our workplaces. And right now, as I say these things, if you're feeling maybe, uh, let's say, a little bit overwhelmed, right? 
or thinking maybe you've never heard of this Great Commission before, or, or maybe you have and it's pretty full on for you. And you're like, man, I love Jesus, but I just don't know if I can do this. Man, I just want um, you to take heart right now and take courage as He has not left us alone to do this, right? God has given us a helper and His name is the Holy Spirit. And we see in the book of Acts, church, that the Holy Spirit comes down to His people and it changes them forever. See, have you ever had a, uh, had a moment that just happened and it changed you forever? Or maybe it's changed your perceptions forever as well, or the way you think about something or think about that someone, right? There's obvious ones like graduating school, right? When you leave school and do the burnout as you leave, woo, leave it, grade 12, see you later. You know, you take off and, um, well, I don't know, that might have been just me, but uh, you do that, woo. Um, and it changes you forever, right? You're starting a new journey. Maybe it's getting married getting married to someone else. Maybe it's, maybe it's having your uh, first child as well. These things, these are moments that change you forever. But there's also ones like eating something and getting sick the next day, and now you're totally off that food. Yeah. Man, that happened to me. I ate savory mints one night, and the next day I got real sick. It wasn't because of the savory mints. I was just uh, uh, sick in general. But every time that I'd smell savory mints, I'd want to vomit right? I was like, oh, and even now, like, I'll eat it, but I'm sort of like got to think about something else as I'm eating it just to make me eat it, you know? Maybe you're at work, right, and one guy's bending over to get the shovel, and you look over, and you see London, France, and all of Western Europe, and you're just like, oh, man, 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 not even spec savers can save me now, like, honestly, and you're like, dude, I'm never going to look at you the same again, man, like, honestly, pull them up, but, oh, or like, maybe you're going over someone's house and their dog runs down and you're like, hey, Molly, how are you? And give it a pat and it runs away. And you're walking and they see, oh, no. And you look under your foot and then you're like, stupid dog, like stupid poo. What has it done? Why did it have to leave its business here? You know, and it totally changed. One, at one time when you came, you loved the dog. It was the greatest dog ever. Now you hate the dog. It's from the devil. Like, honestly, because you stepped on it. Now I've got to change my shoes, my vans. Oh, man, it sucks. Or like maybe something happened in a particular place or time and now you're always mindful when you go to that place. Wow. See, I remember when I was in primary school, maybe into high school, nah, primary school mainly, and um, I used to play footy in the backyard against myself. Man, it was a good game. And you know what, Even I used to have live commentary, which was myself. Man, I remember I used to play. He kicks the ball. He cuts it. He's got a score. And my high voice was like, oh, I got to He's like, ah, what a try. Like, you know, and like the crowd would be going nuts. Man, the bowls club was next door to my house, right? And man, I had some fans. I'm telling you right now. I, I remember I used to play, kick the ball, score. And, and the old boy, you in there, young fella? <laughs> yeah. Come over and verse me. <laughs> but um, they used to be there and be my cheer squad. And as I was um, commentating and playing, I scored an incredible try. Man, like, honestly, it was the best. I threw a dummy, the opposition, that was nobody felt for it. And I went over, the imaginary defense just couldn't hold me out. And I scored underneath the clothesline at home. And as I'm under there and I'm commentating, he scored the winning try, I felt land on my head. And I, and I was like, oh no, what was that? And I look up. And sure enough, it's a butcher bird on top of the clothesline who thought he'd share his droppings with me that day. And let's just say, in that moment, I called game, set, match, you won. <laughs> you know, and, and from then on, I was always cautious of scoring those amazing tries under the clothesline. 
right? I was like, oh, if I score here, is someone, is a bird going to get me again? But you see, we all have moments in our lives and most probably more serious than mine that I just said, but they change us in our perceptions and our understandings, right? And when the Holy Spirit came down in Acts chapter 2 and entered the, uh, the 120 in the upper room, it changed everything for them. And we see here later on in that chapter, the Apostle Peter, who's putting all these events together. Just imagine you're the Apostle Peter right now. You've hung out with this dude named Jesus. He's promised all these things. And you're, like, you're sort of like there, but not there, like sort of understanding, not understanding. And then he dies, and you're like, what the heck just happened? And then three days later, he rises again. You're like, whoa, this is amazing. And then, and then now he wants to leave you and ascend into heaven. And it's like, what's going on here? But then when the Holy Spirit then comes down, he's like, it makes sense. He's promised this. So it's, like, it's like you're at school and you finally understand a math equation. Pythagoras, I get you. Come on. You know, and, and like finally, maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm the only one who got up and screamed and I understood it. it took me to grade 12. Um, anyway, embarrassing. Um, but Peter understood what was going on. And in the light of the Old Testament, Peter then gives his first ever sermon trying to explain to the believers around him what has just happened and what it means for the believers in Christ Jesus. What it means for you and me tonight. And I just want to pick it up at verse 36 where we see that the imparting of the Holy Spirit means there is a call to action. In Acts chapter 2 verses 36 to 41, it'll be up on the screen behind me. It says this, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Underline will. We're coming back to that. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Wow. There was revival happening that day, church. 3,000 people giving their lives to Jesus is honestly incredible. But like I said, I want to relook at verse 38 where Peter calls uh, people to repent and to be baptized, which is like, as we would say here at City Edge, is like they're making a decision to follow Christ, right? And he says the next part with full certainty. See, he doesn't say, and you might. He doesn't say, and, and, and you should. He doesn't say, if you're good enough, you will. He says, and you will. You will. If you've got a Bible, you get your hard copy, underline it. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when you add all the dots together and read this, you see here so that everyone that is a Christian here tonight, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, right? And that means that you here are a carrier. You are a carrier if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And that's why this news, church, was so revolutionary. That God himself, in the form of a spirit, would live inside of every believer. So now when you read the Great Commission, you know that Jesus meant it when he said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And, you know, that itself um, gives us so much courage and comfort, hey. And now taking action of a carrier of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
But maybe you're here tonight and you're not a believer, right? And first of all, I just want to say we welcome you here tonight. We love you and God loves you so much. And I just want to encourage you firstly, though, that putting your trust in Jesus is the greatest assurance you can have in this life. And that if you wish to do so, there will be an opportunity for you to make that decision at the end of the night, at the end of the service, I should say. So we know according to the scripture that we've just read, that you are a carrier if you are a believer in Christ because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. But the question that still lingers uh, here tonight is what does it mean to be a carrier? And Jesus makes it real simple, in, uh, I believe, in Matthew 22, where a teacher of the law, uh, which was known as a Pharisee, uh, approaches him and asks him what the greatest commandment is, in which Jesus replies in verse 37, it'll be up on the screen. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And I believe that to be a carrier is to do what Jesus has just said in this passage. So my first point tonight is a carrier loves God. Now, though that may seem obvious, it can sometimes like, you can be like, oh, of course I've got to love God. If I'm going to carry his word, of course it's going to happen. And sometimes be the thing, though, we put on the shelf in order to do what we believe God is calling us to do. We sometimes want to do the works before we have the faith. And this, this just doesn't work. Or more importantly, it's not how the kingdom of God works. You know, right as I'm speaking right now uh, on TV, the Cricket World Cup is on over in England. Go Australia. I know everyone here is as excited as I am about it, but um, not really. Um, but like at the moment, Australia is trying to defend their title. Okay, we won the World Cup in 2015. We're trying to defend it. And we have very good uh, chances of doing it. And all I hope is that England do not win. Okay, so if you're English here, I'm sorry. James, but no, we do not want England. Oh, Liana. But hey, we, um, we, but what I, want to, what I want to note here is that our captain, Steve Smith, right, who is the greatest batsman in cricket, he, <laughs> looking through my biased eye here, but, but like he is, and he, um, he doesn't just show up to the game and just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to hope for the best, bring my bat, bring my pads, and let's see how we go, boys. Woo, yeah, six, see that? Woo. No, he doesn't do that, right? He practices. He goes, he gets in the nets, he trains. He listens to what, who he has to listen to, his coaches. He reads what he has to read to get all the information he can to be the best at what he's doing. So when he goes out, he can play and he can win the game and he can play good cricket and win it for Australia. Now I mention this because I see similarities in what it takes to be a carrier to our world. See, it first starts at home. It starts with our prayer life and reading the Word. See, Pastor Mitch Ramsey made a statement at youth camp in 2017, which blew my mind and challenged me to the core. And it still challenges me uh, to this day. He said, if your ministry life is bigger than your prayer life, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, whoa, man, that really hit me. You see, to be a carrier, you must make sure our hearts are aligned with God first. I mean... This is also not to say because you didn't pray this morning, you can get away without telling your friends about Jesus. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But if you didn't pray for your friend's salvation in the first place, or even let's just say uh, for God to open a door in your day, uh, the question then lies on us as to why not? Like, why, why didn't we do that in the morning? And please don't take this like as a condemnation or anything like that, but rather as an encouragement that you can start today. 
You can start. It may be five minutes a day, right? You're like, God, I'm going to give you five minutes. And, and that you can pour out your love to God. You can pour out your love for people there and tell God, uh, uh, talk to God, I should say, and pray to Him and, and, and call upon Him. What is your will for today, God? What do you want me to do? What is the call of God on my life? And you can see that and you can take that into wherever you're going to that day. And you can pray what is necessary, necessary for your life. And, and I know that God, right, He will meet you there. If you give Him five minutes, He'll meet you in those five minutes. If you give Him 50, He'll meet you there. If you give Him an hour, He'll meet you there. And He'll come and He'll, he'll come into your life and be able to transform you and, and the people around you and where you're at. So my first point tonight is that a carrier, they love God. The second point is a carrier, they love their neighbor. And when the Bible says neighbor, it means your family, your schoolmates, your work colleagues, your bosses your teachers, the people that give you a hard time at school or at work or at uni because of your faith. They're your neighbor. All these people are your neighbors. And even the people who literally live next door to you or down your street or in your suburb, they are your neighbor as well. And as Christians, we tend to hear a lot on the news, right, or or on social media, or more on what the Christians are against than what we are actually for. And and yes, yeah, some things, right, the government or activist groups are trying to legislate. I, um, I agree. We need to be a standing voice against it. But I also believe we need to be louder in voicing what we are for as well. Yeah. That the world would know through our love for our neighbors that we are Christ followers, hey. And this love could be shown in uh, many ways. It could be shown in telling someone that God loves them, right? And like sometimes we can play that down like, oh, Jesus loves you, you know. But no, no, no. Generally, you can go tell someone that Jesus loves you. That could transform a life. You know, I mean, some people, first of all, I've never been told that they're loved, which is such a sad thing in our, in our culture. We're in a world, we're in, a, we're in Australia, we've got everything at our fingertips, but there's some people who don't even know what love is. And you can be the, the gateway to do that for someone. You say, no, Jesus loves you right now. Jesus accepts you right now. You can do that. Or question is, who have we told that to? You know, we are God's instruments to be able to spread his love to the world. Who have we said it to? Maybe it's letting someone know that you will pray for them uh, for their situation. Maybe you're at work and someone's whinging and whining and going on about, oh, yeah, I've got all these problems going around doing all this. And you'd be like, yeah, okay, mate, no worries. Hey, can I pray for you? You know, can I pray, can I pray for you? And some, some of them are like, nah, I don't believe in God. Don't pray for me. Like, no worries. I'm going to pray for you anyway. But um, yeah, do it. Like, yeah, praise God. But hey, um, yeah, and you can pray for them, hey. And you'd be like, man, I'm going to pray for you. And you know what? Some people, like, I'm just talking about what I've seen in my own life, okay? These are not things that I've had to listen to. Someone. This is my own experience here and why I share this. Is that people generally say, thank you for that. I appreciate that about you, that you would pray that. It was like, whatever works for you, mate, but I'll take whatever you got, you know. Or, <laughs> how many of us have heard that, you know. And, and generally, though, you can, you can pray for people. And, and you know what? I, I've seen people that have come to our Tuesday morning prayer meetings, and they've said, I've got this person, this person, this person at work. And the next thing we know, the week after, this person, this person, this person has received their healing, received their miracle, praise God. That's because you're being a carrier and said, I can pray for you to somebody. And, and yeah, and then that's what you take home and you can do. Maybe you want to amp it up a little bit, though. Maybe it's taking a step of faith and actually praying for that person right then and there. Hey, God has said, lay your hands on the sick and they will recover, okay? And I believe the Word of God and I believe it's true. And 
Maybe, you're, maybe you've got the, the faith and the confidence to be able to go up to someone and say, hey, man, I want to pray for you. Maybe they're, they're limping in and, you know, oh, man, my leg, it's sore, you know, played a footy last night and yeah, it rolled me. And then, okay, no worries, man, let's pray for you, pray for your knee, you know, or whatever, and pray for them. I don't want to say that if you don't do this, it doesn't make you any less of a Christian, okay? Just know that. But if you do have the faith to do it or, or if you want the faith to do it, I pray, pray for it, pray for it. If you've got to build it at home first, like I said, love God, God, I want to pray for people. If God's stirring that passion, go and run after it. And and so I just want to share, when I was in San Francisco in um, the start of last year, right, I was there and, and, and if you know San Francisco, if you've ever been there, you'll know there's one, a lot of homeless people and two, a lot of interesting people um, as you walk around. And as I was walking, as I was walking down the street, um, there's all, like I said, it's sad actually, there's a lot of homeless people around and there's this one guy sitting on his wheelchair and as I walked past him, God was just speaking to me, he said, you've got to go pray for him. I looked over at him. I'm like, I do not want to pray for him. Like, like, can I just be honest with you guys? Like, like I love God, and, but sometimes I like to like, be that bit of a Jonah rebelling against him at some times. But God just knocks me down and, you know, and te- teaches me a lesson here. And as I walked past, I literally ignored God. I did. And that's actually a sad thing. I don't praise that at all. I ignored God and what he said. But then, praise God, though, he has the grace for me and for this guy that he would still be there when I came back. Yeah. And God's like, I want you to pray for him. And I was like, okay. And I sort of looked at him and he looked at me. I'm like, well, I'm in now, you know. <laughs> and so, so I was like, I'll walk over. And this guy's African-American as well, so he's full of character. And I say, hey, mate, how you going? Wow, I love your accent, man. <laughs> you know, and straight away over there in the States, they love the Aussie accent. And I was like, hey, man, I just, like, how'd you get to this? I actually asked him, how'd you get to where you're at now? And he talked to me about it. We introduced and spoke about our lives. And then at the end, I said, hey, man, I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. Can I pray for you? Oh, yeah, go for it, man. And so I prayed for him. I laid my hands on him. And the funny thing is, though, he had no legs. His legs, he told me a story. I don't know if I believe it or not, to be honest with you. But he, he told me a story about he has no legs and why that happened. And in the moment, I just prayed for him, prayed the Holy Spirit would encounter him. And I prayed, Lord, I pray his legs will grow in Jesus' name. And like, you know what happened in that moment? Nothing, okay? Nothing happened physically. His legs didn't grow out or whatever. Maybe the next day, who knows? But (laughs) I'll see him in glory for that. But you know, but you know what happened though? Was he looked at me after I prayed, said, in Jesus' name, amen. And he looked at me, he's like, man, something just hit me then, bro. You're powerful, man. You are powerful. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Get your theology right, sir. No, no. I, I ain't powerful, man. I said, but I serve the God who is powerful. And that God who's powerful wants to transform your life right now. And that God who's powerful wants to get you out of poverty and make you walk in abundance and obedience to Him. And he's like, oh, yeah, amen, amen. Because every American's like supposedly a Christian, so they sort of, um, sort of understand the basics. But yeah, and like God can encounter him, hey, in that moment, because I was obedient to that. You know what's funny? God didn't even like heal him of his problem, but he did an inner healing, which was more important to God anyway, I believe, in that situation. So I just want to encourage you. Maybe God's calling you to pray for people. Do it. Maybe it's telling your teacher or your boss how much you appreciate them. You know, you can be a carrier when you do this. You can be a carrier. It's about how you love thy neighbor. Your teacher at school is your neighbor. Maybe you can go up to your teacher. Much it's like sometimes we like to bag. See, the Australian culture is called it's like the tall poppy syndrome. We bag out anyone who's above us, and it's terrible. It's not of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And we can be the difference in our world, can't we? Yeah. 
as Christians, we can go after our teacher and say, you know what, I appreciate that you teach me. I appreciate that you would put up with me for, for a couple of uh, subjects or whatever it is. You know, maybe it's your boss. Like, I know at work, I've been in them, working environments where people just want to rip on the boss or rip on the manager or whoever it is. You can be like, no, no. You know, I thank you for that manager. He or she is doing a great job. And you can go up to that person and say, hey, I want to thank you for what you're doing. I want to thank you. You're leading this business and I support you. You know, man, what difference could that make in someone's life? That is how you can be a carrier church. That is how when the Holy Spirit's living inside of you, you can be a carrier and bring transformation to your schools, to your unis, to your businesses, to your workplaces, whatever it may be. Maybe it's um, doing an act of service without being asked for some by someone who needs it. Maybe it's like saying, I'm just going to go mow that guy's lawn. I'm just going to go wash his dock or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm just going to go um, um, fix his car if you're a mechanic. I don't know. What is it? But maybe it's a random act of service. Or maybe it's cooking someone dinner and blessing them with a meal. Maybe it's like, man, I've cooked up so much soup. Who can I go give it to now? And, and you can do that. And, but you know what? All these things is what it takes to be a carrier. Yeah. To love your neighbor is so many things. And these are just a few but in doing this, we reflect the character of God to the world. Billy Graham, arguably the most, I'd say, influential American evangelist um, of the 20th century, he says this, he says, We are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. Man, that's powerful, hey? That is so powerful. And this is a guy that, evangelize a lot through what he said. But even he's saying it's your actions that talk louder than words. And when we love God and love our neighbors, we fulfill the core of what it means to be a carrier of the gospel, hey? There's no one way, but many ways in which we can do this, like I've just said. And I encourage you to be a carrier by using the gift that God has given you. Maybe you're a great cook here. Maybe you love to cook. Put me in the kitchen and I'll whip up a meal, you know? Be a carrier in your hospitality gift. Maybe you're a sports fanatic. Be a carrier in whatever sport God has made you good at. Maybe you're a great speaker. Be a carrier and tell as many people as possible about Jesus. Maybe you're a great writer. Be a carrier and write what God has given you to give to others. See, and I'll finish with this illustration of, of someone who's very close to my life. who wasn't a preacher who wasn't someone who you find on the pulpit, but it was actually my mum. And my mum showed me as a young age what it was to be a carrier of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, I grew up and I lived in a small town in far north Queensland uh, called Babinda. Now, some of you may have heard it. It's the wettest town in Australia. It's like the only prize we've got up there. Um, <laughs> praise God. Um, God's country, though. Amen. Um, <laughs> it was a town of about a thousand people, right? So you pretty much knew everybody that's there, or at least knew about them, okay? That's a small town mentality and, and how it works. And because my parents are, were and still are the local uh, butchers there, like Babinda's a town where there's one of everything. There's a butcher, a baker, uh, a supermarket, one of everything, and that's all you know. And so everyone knew them. And my mum, right, was particularly known uh, not just for her warm and, and friendly personality, which she's like to everyone um, that she sees, but also for her generosity and, and her cooking, right? If you know my mum, you'll know that she's a good cook. 
Amen. Thank you, Mum. <laughs> I grew up in a very lucky household, very blessed. And my mum had such good cooking, being butchers. So I was a bloke that got like a heap of meat, and then my mum being able to whip it up together. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Like, oh, Amen. You know, but but you know, um, yeah, my mum was very generous, and she and she would always be generous to to strangers as well, and people that would come in the butcher shop. And Babinda is a very multicultural um, town. So there's a lot of people from ethnic groups and, and a lot of Aboriginal people that live in Babinda. And we'd have, a, we'd have Aboriginal families that would come in and, and they, like, they, wouldn't be, uh, they wouldn't have the money like, like maybe non-Indigenous families would have. And so my mum would bless them with, with meals and would bless them with, they'd come in and with, the, with all their kids and everything. And mum would be like, here, take this, you know. Oh, you sure, Wendy? You sure? Just take it, okay? <laughs> like, don't. Ask my mum when she wants to bless you. She would be like, nope, just take it, all right? You know, and so I've learned the hard way there. But, um, but yeah, so she loves to bless people. And one thing I love is that she would always bless people through her generosity and through her cooking. But one uh, in particular I want to I wanna, um, talk about tonight is our uh, legitimate neighbour who lived next door to our house. Now, our neighbour, um, to put it straight, he, he still lives there now. He's, he was a drunk and um, he'd drink all night, and um, pretty much whenever he wakes up, he'd be back on the booze. And sure enough, though, um, Donnie was his name. He'd be there, and well, we always kept in communication with him growing up and everything like that. But whenever mum would cook um, meals, she would always make enough to, so I could run some over to Donnie and give it to him next door and say, take this to Donnie and tell him that we love him and God loves him, you know. And and so we do that, and and I take it over. And funny enough, though, before I keep going, is that me and my dad would go and tell Donnie about Jesus and do stuff. And you know what? It just went straight over his head. Donnie would be like, ah, don't give me that. I know about it, whatever. But when I would run a meal over to his house, I would take it over. And like, this is Donnie. He'd be up all night howling like a dog, singing to his music on the radio, like, oh, yeah, you know, he was that loud that he'd wake us up, like, honestly, it was incredible, and, and, um, good on him, I I used to say, when you're going on Australian Idol, Donnie, you know, (laughs) you know, but, um, (laughs) um, yeah, so we used to run it over, and you know, hey, church, I would bring the meal over, soup, ravioli, lasagna, we're Italian family, so it was all Italian food usually, but, um, take it over, and, but it was in this moment, I'd take it to Donnie and knock it, hey, Donnie, hey, what's up, mate? Yeah, oh, I got a, um, a gift from you for mum. And we used to do it quite often, but every time he would get it, he'd come out and he'd grab the meal and he would start tearing up in his eyes. He'd start tearing up and say, tell your mum I said thank you. Tell your mum she's amazing. And, and we, I appreciate you guys. You know, you're a good neighbour, eh? Like, he would then go on about it. And he'd start being emotional. And I just want to say that that act of kindness, that act of being a carrier through your action, spoke louder than words in that moment. And to this day, we still pray for, for our neighbour's salvation, that he would come to know God personally. But, hey, we, what, what can we do to show that we are a carrier to him, hey? And we, when we were able to do that and, and see him be, um, hopefully be transformed in the future. So tonight, church, to be a carrier is to love God, and it's to love our neighbor. And I just have two questions for tonight, and then I'll close in prayer. I want to leave us with a bit of, not to leave us like where we're at, I want us to leave this place and make a difference in our world. And that's what carriers do. We make a difference. So hopefully these two questions will help you do that as you leave tonight. The first one is this. What is one step you can take to come closer to God in your everyday walk with Him?
pretty, pretty basic, but it can be challenging. You've got to push something out to fit God back in again. What is that going to be? And the second question is, what is one new thing you can do to love your neighbor? Because someone who loves their neighbor is a carrier. Let us pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for this word, Father, that you've given me, God. Thank you, God, right now, Lord, that you've called us, Lord God, to love our neighbors, Lord. I thank you, Father, for every carrier that is here tonight. I pray, Father, as they go out into their worlds, whatever it looks like, Father, for the spirit of boldness to fill their lives right now, Lord. And whatever it takes, God, whatever gifts you've given them, God, I pray that outwork them for your glory, Father. Holy Spirit, that we will see people know you, God. We will see people come home to you, God. We will see family members come back to Christ. We will see our friends and family come to know you, Jesus, because of the gospel that we carry and we can take to our world to see not only our nation be changed, but our world be changed as well. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. I pray your grace upon this congregation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Amen.